I want to read with you this afternoon some verses from the second chapter of First Peter. First Peter chapter 2, verse 17, a verse that all orange men will be familiar with. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, Ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your soul. And God shall stamp with his own divine approval this reading from the infallible book for his name's sake. Amen. Could I call you to your feet to engage in prayer? I should just have mentioned that we put a phone call through to the Prime Minister, our own Prime Minister, and he's to be in touch with us with one of the officers of the Lodge who will be in this room here, and he will speak to him on the phone probably during the course of our sermon about this matter. Father in heaven, we thank thee for all who have come to this house today. We thank thee for those in the tents who are seeing seeing and hearing this service. And, oh God, we pray that this afternoon God's power may be manifested in the uplifting and exaltation and glorification of Jesus Christ. Lord, bless our province. Give peace, we pray. Defeat the aims and objectives of the Roman Catholic hierarchy. And, oh God, grant that Ulster may flourish by the preaching of the Word of God and by the Praising of the Savior's name. 
Bless every member of the Orange Institution who has come. Thou dost know how we feel, how our hearts are scared when we think of our heritage given over to the enemy of truth. But, oh, God, our help is in thee. We turn from man and man's devices and man's plans and philosophies. And we turn to the unfeeling and never-feeling God of our fathers. And we pray that thou wouldst revive thy work and in wrath remember mercy. Bless us as we preach thy word. To this end I take the promised Holy Ghost, the blessed power of Pentecost to fill me to the uttermost. I take, thank God, he undertakes. The people of God said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach the gospel to you from one of the greatest texts in the New Testament. It's verse 24 of the second chapter of First Peter. It refers to our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. There are five great things concerning Jesus Christ in this verse. I trust you have noted them already. First of all, we have the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is own self. Bear our sins in his own body. For a little while this afternoon, I want to discuss and discourse with you on the precious body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I want to say secondly, that in this text, we have not only the body of Christ, but we have the great burden that the Lord Jesus Christ bore. I wonder, could the stewards close those doors and keep them closed, please? Let all the doors be closed of the church. No one moving in and out at the time of the service. Close the doors now. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's right, Jack. Just close them over. People who came in should stay in. Man. I know my preaching mightn't be too good, but still, as you stay in and listen. Thank you very much. Now, close the doors, please. Would one of you orange men go out and close that door and tell Mr. Davison to keep it closed? Any little distraction on the street is only to keep people from wandering in and out of the building. I think you agree, Mr. Wells, the doors should be kept closed. Thank you very much indeed. Now, we have... Not only in this verse, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
but we have the great burden which Jesus Christ bore. It wasn't a burden of his own. Who his own self bear our sins. Our sins became the burden of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in this verse, we are pointed to the bruising of Christ. Jesus took a body in order to carry a burden and in order to be bruised that that burden for you and me might be eternally got rid of. And I want to talk about the bruising of Christ. But then in this verse we have the two outcomes of Christ taking a body, of Christ bearing a burden, and of Christ enduring a bruising. What does it say? By whose stripes or by whose bruises ye were healed. There's the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blessing of pardon and healing from the terrible bondage and dominion and degradation and depravity of sin. Then last of all, we have the bounty of Christ. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes into a life, he transforms that life. That ye being dead to sin should live. The man that really lives is the man that knows Jesus Christ. as his own and personal Savior. Anything else is just a mere existence. But to know Christ causes a man or a woman or a boy or a girl to really live. So we have five things. If I preach ten minutes, Joe, and each one of them, that's fifty minutes. They'll be ready for their teeth. But I promise them, I promise them it'll not be as long as that. Look at the sigh of relief already. Amen. We're going to talk, first of all, about the body of Jesus. Let us take a flight now in our mind's eye away to the eternity of past. Imagine, my friend, a time before this world was born and before creation broke its swaddling clothes. And became, came forth in all the glory and splendor of its making. Imagine a time before the hills in order stood, but earth received her frame. Before an angelic wing ever disturbed the ether of the, the great eternity that has passed. Away in the far flung, unknowable, unthinkable, unfathomable eternity. The everlasting God. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost wrote in perfect union and communion the one with the other. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. How was the eternal spirit going to be linked with man that was to be created and that was to fall through sin? God is so far removed from us. There is no ladder of man's devising that man can climb up to God. But praise God, there's a ladder down which God has climbed down to man. 
Jesus Christ became bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. I am not preaching an unrealistic Christ this afternoon. I am preaching one who is nigh me, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Let me tell you, friend, Jesus is near to us. He knows what you men have to face in life's struggle. He faced it before. He has been down in the valley. He has been up in the mountains. He has known sunshine and shadow, troubles and tempests. There's not a pain, my friend, that rends the human heart, but the man of sorrows half apart. If there's someone here and no one knows the shadow that's on your life, no one knows that dark valley does which you pass. No one knows just how you feel. And in the great congregation you sit in isolation, for there's a pang and a longing within your breast. Thank God, Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will die till the day is done. There's not a friend like the holy Jesus. No, not one. No, not what. He became bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. Do you see that planet on which we walk? The blessed foot of Jesus walks on that planet. Do you see all the differing characteristics of life that you have tasted of? He tasted of them all. He knows. Praise God. He understands. You know what he took a body for? He took a body in order that he might reach you, friend. In order that he might touch you. Do you remember the apostle John wrote in his great epistle, Our eyes have seen and our hands have handled of the word of life. And he took a burden in order to carry a burden. In order to be identified with his people's sins. And in order to rip them. Of their guilt and of their penalty, of their pollution and of their power, and one day of their very presence itself. And one day, friend, he took the burden of our sin. He was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Sin! That's what lies at the root of man's problem. Sin! How many graves hast thou dug? How many lives hast thou blighted? How many homes hast thou destroyed? How many prosperous things have been turned into adversity because of the filthy fingers of thine hand? Oh, praise God, we can say today, Jesus dealt with sin by the power of his bearing it on the cross. Listen, friends. That sinful thing that lurks in the human breast because we're partakers of Adam's transgression of nature. That evil thing that leads you in the wrong path. That forges chains to bind you to the millstone of life's slavery and sin. 
Let me tell you, Jesus Christ has dealt with sin in every realm. Is there some habit that's unbreakable? Is there some temptation that's always victor? Is there some evil thought that's always lurking there? Let me tell you, Jesus Christ can break the power of canceled sin. He can set the prisoners free. His blood can make ten thousands clean. His blood avails for me. I want to tell you, friend, to be freed from sin is the greatest thing in the world. Many years ago, I had the privilege of preaching to the members of number six district in the Ulster Hall. There was a worshipful master of a certain lodge at that meeting. And as I spoke the gospel, I was only a mere stripling of a boy at the time. I've come a few places since that, and I've been to a few places since that, too. <laughs> but let me say this to you. This man, as he sat there, the Spirit of God gripped him. And he felt that he must close with Jesus Christ. And he didn't know how to do it. Probably the preacher in his inexperience didn't get personal enough and apply the truth with power. And the next day he was walking down Parkgate Avenue and he saw a notice board outside the Brethren Hall. And it was my brother's name on the notice board. And he said, that's the man I heard in the Ulster Hall. He got a bit mixed up. But he said, I'll go in there. And he went in. And thank God he came to Christ. And he's still rejoicing that Jesus Christ delivered him from the power of sin. Let me tell you, he took a body to carry a burden. Cast your burden upon the Lord today. Ah, but friend, to rid us of sin's burden, he had to climb the hill cry called Gildah. Man, could I take you in your mind's eye to Pilate's judgment hall? When they stripped his robes from off his blessed back. And when he gave his back to the smiter. And his cheek to those that plucked off the hairs. Could I remind you that he withheld not himself from shame and spitting. Let us climb again by the way of the old rugged cross. I hear the sound of the hammer swung low. They are kneeling, my Lord, to the tree. They kneel his hands and his feet. They lift up the cross and I hear the thud of its butt in the rocky crevice. And they jam the stones around it and stand back to see their handiwork. And lift it up in Jesus Christ upon the tree. Oh, let me tell you today, see from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love blow mingled down. Did e'er such love or sorrows meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Why did he die? He died for you. Count those purple drops that fall from his hands and his feet. I charge you to count the number of those drops that trickle down his brow that's cruelly torn with the long eastern thorns of the crown. That's laid upon his brow. Count my friend the sweat. That mingles its beads with those blood drops. Remember this. Jesus 
was dying for you and me. No one could explain the cross better than the Spirit of God when he wrote, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. And that brings me to my next point. Friend, if you know Jesus Christ, you'll be healed. It's healing that you need today. You'll not find it at the baptismal font or at the communion table. You'll not find it by adherence to any Protestant church or Protestant association. Good and all as these things are in their proper place. But let me tell you, you can find healing in Jesus Christ today. I'm not preaching a dead religion. I'm presenting you man with a living Savior. He wants to come into your life. He wants to lift your burden, snap your chains, and set you free. He wants you to enjoy his healing touch. Oh, there's healing in the touch of the nail-pierced hand. Please, God, you'll feel that touch today. And then, finally, this text talks about life. Ye being dead to sin, should live unto God. You say, preacher, I can't give up my sins. No, you can't. But there's one day will come when you'll not sin, and that's the day you die. All the invitations to sin will be finished then. But you know, friend, in Christ, you can die to sin. Once I was dead to sin and hope within me died. But I'm dead to sin with Jesus crucified. The Lord Jesus can deal with the world. And he can deal with every problem. And he can give you life. You'll start to live. I had a dear elder in my church. Brother John Atkinson. And he used to tell us in the session how God saved them down in the shipyard. One day he knelt as a sinner and embraced Christ. And he said, you know, I came up the lagon bank that day, Ian. And he said, the ragweeds look like orange lilies the day I came home that God had seen. You know, he was talking sense because heaven above is softer blue. And earth around is sweeter green. Something lives in every hue. Christless eyes had never seen. Birds with gladder songs o'erflow. Flowers with deeper beauty shine. Since I know, as now I know, I am his and he is mine. wonder how many men and many women how many boys, how many girls in this congregation are going to save Christ for me this afternoon? I wonder how many men are going to be man enough to turn their back on sin and embrace Christ today freely offered to them in the gospel. I wonder how many are going to say this is the day of decision. You know, Ulster needs spiritual men today. Ulster needs men who can put their hand on the horns of the altar and pray to the God of heaven. Our trust is not in anyone, but our trust is in the living God. Do you want to make a vital contribution for the good of yourself 
and the good of your family and the good of the people. Friend, trust Christ today. Get on to the side of the law. He's looking for volunteers today who are on the Lord's side, who will serve the king. I wonder how many out of this great congregation will have the courage and the grace to say, Lord Jesus, save me. Make me a Christian. I came in here an orange bat, a loyalist, a Protestant, but I never knew the mighty grace of God. Lord, let me know it today. And he'll come in and he'll fill your soul and he'll satisfy you. It'll be like the soles of your feet. It'll wear well. I can assure you of that. To know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Let's bow our hands.